Welcome to episode 25 of the Local Meta. My name is Fletcher. And I'm John. John, episode 25. We did it. I don't know well, what we did, but we did something. Hey, I don't know. It's a, it, we'll call it a milestone for now. Humans randomly perceive the number 25 to have relevance due to its supposed correlation with another number that they coincide as having relevance, so, you know. That's not you must the... be a lot of fun at parties. <laughs> hey, I was great at your child's birthday party today. I stood there with my arms crossed, the bland face. Yeah, my point. <laughs> um, so, so we're gonna kind of do a little. We're just gonna kind of do a little something fun today, basically. Um, so we've talked in the past about story equity with decks, basically, and how how that is the most important feature with them. Uh, but so we were thinking of, well, gosh, what are some cool magic stories we could tell? And I feel like I've t- either told all mine. Or I don't have any. Oh, yeah. This, week, John, this oh. week we learned that Fletcher's really boring. Yeah, man. Or he I just suck. doesn't. He just doesn't play enough Magic, which is. I think that's the bigger problem. problem. Yeah, but John, you have a lot of fun stories of games and interesting situations and stuff that have come up that that we figured we would we would share with our listeners, and I'm sure that will spark some discussion. Yeah. So we will we will dub this story time with John episode one. <laughs> I shout out to Manny who um he says he loves story time with John on the episode so this one, okay this, one, this one's dedicated to him who's currently day two at the GP by the way Manny is yeah shout out to Manny for making day two at the GP congrats yeah he he's not playing my recommendation but I this this is fine it's probably successful then that's... yeah I know. <laughs> All right. So, so, just a little. I'm gonna start this out relatively simple. Um, so, story equity is not just acquired in tournament play, which is where most of mine are going to be coming from. A lot of them are F and M based stuff, but I even have a little bit of sweet little story equity from back when we all played casual kitchen table stuff, right? <laughs> and. Obviously, no one who actually played with us back then listened to this because they don't care about us. But we <laughs> we all tended to play theme decks. Yeah, we had really, really focused decks, and a lot of our themes tend to have been tribal. And I mean, I did not start off with a Griffin deck, so. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and so. And what people need to realize is, like, these little these games we played, they were, like, five-person, mass-flooding-the-board kind of travel decks, right? As you do when you're a casual kitchen table player. And I had my goblin deck. And my goblin deck was, like, my favorite thing, because I love goblins. Goblins are great. And shortly after I started, I built my goblin deck, M13 came out. And along with N13 came Krenko Mob Boss. <laughs> Krenko and me were buddies. You know, we have an appreciation for each other. And we're playing this game, and you got our one friend, Dan, sitting next to me, and he's playing his elves deck, and your Fletcher's wife is playing 
her Mono White Soldiers deck. And I'm just kind of like doing my little thing. I probably and died already. <laughs> I believe you were still in the game, I just don't remember what you were playing. It was super relevant. Yep. And I'm kind of being good on board, and Ledger's wife notices this. And she decides that I am the threat at that moment in time. And so she attacks me with all of her stuff. Clears almost my entire board. Drops me down to just two life. And I have nothing in play but a Krenko. That, that is all I have. And it was only, like, obviously I start rebuilding from there. And... I believe it was only like five turns that went by, only quotations, and I had over a hundred goblins in play. <laughs> and it took people a little while to realize what I was doing, because everyone's like, oh, John's not a threat, he's at two life, he has one goblin in play, what's the worst that could happen? Everything. And by the time people realized what I was doing, that I was rebuilding, they could no longer kill me, because I had infinite chump blockers. And I remember our friend Dan with his elf deck, he thought it was like the greatest thing ever, because he is like a soul warden, or not soul warden, he has essence warden in play, so he's gaining mm -hmm. life every time I put a goblin in play, he's like, this is the greatest thing ever! And then I cast like multiple goblin chieftains in one turn, and a reckless one, and proceed to just... I believe I also played a legion loyalist, which gave all of my guys first strike tr and trample. And just proceeded to kill the entire board in just one attack. It was good I times. think I remember that, that attack, the the soldier versus goblins attack, because I think we had to like sit down and like math out the... Just what was going on. Like everything that was going on like super hard, because it was there was a thousand things going on. It was great. I approved. I... I... I liked having that tribal elf deck around because I remember I had one game where we were playing like a free for all like that, and I was playing that blue deck of mine that steals things, mm -hmm. and um, me and him were the last left, and we were both at triple digit lives because yep. I stole his well wishers, and I, I ended up winning eventually by I think I managed to steal enough stuff to like crack back and kill him, but yeah, you, I just remember I gained more life than the elf deck. Yeah, you won and gained more life than the green elf deck when you were playing mono blue. Yeah. <laughs> As ya do. <laughs> uh, kitchen table, how I miss you. It's it's a glorious time. I, I approve kitchen table magic. Sometimes I wish we still played it, but other times I realize we no longer have, you know, four hours to dedicate to a single game. We do. should. We should get together and play some magic like that sometime. But that's what we have vintage for. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the casualists of magic. Uh, what else you got for me, John? Alright. Speaking of casual, this one's kinda entertaining. Um I the, the only reason why this is casual is because a lot of newer players they tend to like certain types of cards and they're not necessarily things they should be playing shall we say and i'm known for having very interesting decisions for my sideboarding choices so i build i decide i want to play affinity 
First time I've ever built it. I, I've owned all the cards for a while, and I just want to give it a go, see what it's like, right? And my very first match with Affinity is against another friend of mine who only has ever played Affinity in Modern, outside of one instance where he played Twin at a PTQ. And I get paired up against him, so obviously he has a little little bit of experience over me in this game. But I like to try and hide what I'm playing from people. And Noah Nuna, I had affinity, and I had a clear... Like, I had like a see-through orange deck box. And so to keep people from being able to see what my sideboard is, I had an infect token sitting on top of it. Because... <laughs> I'm playing Affinity, I have Ink Moth Nexus, I can still win with Infect, right? So, and everyone thinks I'm on Infect as a result of that. And so he he actually even wins the die roll. And he, like, does his normal play, and he, he thinks I'm on Infect. And my first play of the game is to go Darksteel Citadel, Mox Opal, um... I think it was a Memnite and then a Steel Overseer, and he's just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually won our game one. Partially because he didn't, like, you know, he did not mulligan based off me being an Infect, or being on Affinity, he mulligan based on me being an Infect. So then I turned to my sideboard, and I have a lot of, like, the generic things you expect in, my, in a sideboard. And I also have a little bit of spice. Because as I said, I like to have unexpected things in my sideboard. And so we go to game two. And he he wins game two. It's kind of close, but you know he, he beats me handily. And we go to game three, and I'm on the play again. And the game is like super long and drawn out. And neither one of us has like a blisteringly fast start, right? And when it's all said and done, like, the board is just, like, we both just have a bunch of guys in play. But he has a Master of Ethereum, and I don't. So he's kind of winning. And he gets into a position where if he attacks with... I need him to attack with specific things so I can actually kill him... Because I have a Arkmon Ravager in my hand, and I have an Ink Moth Nexus in play. And I need him to attack with his own Ink Moth Nexus, so it can't block mine, so I can actually kill him. And, But to get him to make that attack, I need to leave myself open in such a way that I am dying by his attack. And I still need to end the game with enough things in play, so as to be able to sack enough to Ravager so I can kill him. And he moves to attacks, and he attacks with his um, Master of Ethereum, which is very uh, big, and he also attacks with Inkmoth Nexus. And one of his other creatures also has a Dark Steel or uh, a plating equipped to it. So... I block the creature with the plating, and I block the Master of Ethereum, and I pass priority. And he's just looking at the board state, and he's like, well, if I move my my cranial plating over, I, you know, I die to Infect. 
and he's just looking at it and he's trying to figure out what I'm up to as far as he can tell like I'm just leaving myself dead on board he's like well I might as well just go for it right so he actually taps his ornithopter which is his only flyer with or his only flying blocker left to activate his um uh spring what is it spring drum something Spr spring leaf drum spring leaf drum there you go sorry <laughs> he activates the spring leaf drum to move his cranial plating over and i'm like all right after that i'm gonna tap my mox opal floated green cast fog <laughs> <laughs> And he, like, he's like, wait, what? And he just, like, he's like, like, he literally picks up the fog and reads it. He's like, this is an actual fog that you just cast. I'm like, yeah, cast fog. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, all right, I guess, everything untaps. And I'm like, Arcbound Ravager, you know, sack, equip, kill you. And he's just like, I just lost to a fog. <laughs> and, like... The best slash worst thing about this is the fact that I don't like Fog as a card. I think a lot of people read Fog and they're like, oh, this is really good, right? Because, you know, friends all damage, blah, 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 blah. Like, most of the time, Fog is just like a one turn. Well, I don't die this turn, you die the next turn. Yeah. The only reason it was good for me is because I literally boarded it in. I'm like, well... If we're exactly in a racing situation where I need one turn, this wins me the game. And that is exactly what happened, and I still had to play in such a way to bait him into doing that. <laughs> Which is just hilarious. <laughs> so I, I won my first ever match with Affinity against the Affinity Master of our store, and yeah, it felt great. <laughs> the spiciest of sideboard cards <laughs> don't play fog in your sideboard children it's bad yeah play holy day yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> actually i specifically traded for a darkness so i can now play darkness in a sideboard if i want to <laughs> you would <laughs> I make more life decisions all for story equity all for story equity i make decks for story equity so whatever yeah that's what okay. you can't judge me for any of this. Nah, not, there is no way I'm going to judge you for this. Uh, so, I suppose next for story time with John, we're gonna. This is going to be a little bit of a change, right? Uh, the the prior two, obviously, I've have been about me winning due to something. This is going to be about me losing due to something. And this will always remain in my mind because of the insane absurdity of what it was. Drafting Audric over the best removal in the format. No, I won because of that. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm playing Legacy, right? I don't remember if you were there also, but there was a decent number of us, actually. And we have a gentleman in our meta who can literally play anything he wants because he owns everything in Legacy. Outside of, he can't play lands because he doesn't own a tabernacle, and he doesn't own a boat. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he owns everything else. Alright. 
he likes to have a little bit of spice in his decks also, because when you played Magic as long as him, and when you can literally do anything like him, you kind of got to spice up your life a bit. A bit. So he borrows a deck to another player in our meta, and this deck <laughs> is Mardu. Just Mardu good stuff, right? Huh. And I'm playing Burn. As you should be. Yep. And so we go into our we go into our game, and I win the die roll, and I'm on the play for obvious reasons. And burn. it goes to my turn four, and I get him down to seven life. And I'm I have four lands in play, and I'm staring at two fire blasts in my hands, and they are all I have left. And I'm like, I'm looking at him, and I'm looking at his board, and I'm looking at what I got. I'm like, alright, he's not playing blue, he can't have a counterspell. I'm, I'm able to float mana, so mana tithe off the top randomly isn't going to blow me out. And I'm like, I just, I'm just going to, you know, double fire blast him, right? YOLO. <laughs> so, it's like... I do. I I float four mana, and I'm just like fire blast you. He's like, sure. I'm like, all right, fire blast you. And he's like, lightning helix, <laughs> targeting you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and you're like, oh. Ah, uh, like I at this point I am completely empty-handed. I have absolutely nothing, and he's <laughs> at two life, and I just sacked every land I have. And As you should have. <laughs> well, like, I just, I burst out laughing. Like, this is absolutely insane. It's like, why is this even in a deck in Legacy of all formats? Good old Healing Salve plus Lightning Bolt. Lightning and Helix isn't terrible. It's not terrible. But, yeah. So, and of course, the Supreme Justice... What is the first card I draw off the top? Fire Blast. Another Fire Blast. <laughs> the Rubbins. I lost that game with the Fire Blast in my hand. <laughs> After casting two. Yep. And uh, so, the best part is the story isn't over yet. What? We go to game two, and I win. Quite mm -hmm. handily. And so we go to game three. And we're all, we're sleeving up, or we're shuffling up, we're doing our thing. And the guy who borrowed the deck keeps talking about, like, the spicy thing he has in his sideboard, right? And I have no idea what it is. <laughs> it's probably something like False Cure or something. It's like, what insane card could he have in Red, White, Black that just is, he specifically put in the sideboard to beat Burn? Oh, I know what it is, I bet. <laughs> and so we're like, we're doing our thing, and we're shuffling up, and he's like, we go, and we're playing, and I get him, it goes to his game, or his turn three, I believe, and he's like, uh, cast warmth? Yep. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what is this card? So I turn it over, 
And it is a 2-mana enchantment that says whenever one of your opponents plays a red spell, you gain 2 life. <laughs> it's 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 a 2-mana enchantment that says if you're playing burn, it's impossible for you to win the game. <laughs> oh, each of your lightning bolts is 1 red deal 1 damage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is that, flame jab? <laughs> yeah. It felt bad it was hilarious <laughs> like, fun fact in response to him casting warmth i fire blasted him again <laughs> <laughs> because why not well because sack two mountains discard a card deal two damage to your opponent doesn't feel very good <laughs> i honestly uh. don't remember if i won this match i might have somehow it's i i honestly don't know how but yeah <laughs> Apparently people play Warmth. I mean, to be fair, if you're expecting a lot of, uh... <laughs> if you're expecting burn in your meta, you gotta have an out, right? I mean, we... Honestly, we I... We both ran Dragon's Claws in our decks, in our burn decks, because we knew each other was in the format. I mean, to be or, fair... Or sideboard. I am more accepting of Warmth than I am of Lightning Helix. Really? That was just a kick in the teeth. <laughs> and it was a one-of. And I asked him, like, I'm pretty sure he, like, it was either a lightning bolt or swords to plowshares he wasn't already playing as a four-of. <laughs> like, he willingly chose... It's a one-of lightning helix. He chose lightning helix over one of those two cards. <laughs> and there's no universe where that's correct. <laughs> uh... It was good times. <laughs> Like, oh man, uh, I, I'm guessing I know who you borrowed the deck from, or who, who borrowed him the deck, but yeah, I, did this person one time play Illusions of Grandeur? <laughs> yes, and Stifle Knots, and uh, Food Chain, and whatever random thing strikes his fancy at the time. I love it though. Or that sweet False Cure Invigorate deck. That deck was hilarious. <laughs> it was so funny. It wasn't even just Invigorate. What was the other card he played? Like, he played it was some, like a creature. Yeah, some creature that like whenever your opponents gain life, it does something. Oh, that deck was insane. That deck was sweet. <laughs> uh, I don't even know what to say uh, anymore. It's, yeah. Hit, hit me with something. Alright. Let's... This is probably... This is one of those you really had to see there to fully appreciate the ending. But it's a pretty, pretty great story. So, well, I suppose, just a little caveat. None of these people in any of these games, I'm not trying to throw shade in any of them. They're all really good Magic players. And... The, the the primary person in this next story, I legitimately think, is the best modern player in our entire area. Like, he he's the master of Jund. And he will go into playing a modern tournament in a format that's really bad for Jund. And he'll just, he'll, he will win FNM. Like, there was, like, a good month and a half long period where if he was playing modern FNM, he would win it. It doesn't matter what was in the format, it doesn't matter who else was there. He'd walk up to the pairing boards, he'd look at the he'd look at the sheets, see he's at table one, he'd be like, Oh, Mason, 
the owner of a store, like, you did me a favor. I'm not going to have to leave my seat all night. <laughs> like, he's... Like, and the best part is, like, like he... I joke about, you know, myself having a very large ego. He takes me and dials it up to 11, right? <laughs> and the, the great thing is, like, that's him as a person, and he owns it. And, like, he's just, he's hilarious to be around. He's actually, a, like, he's really smart when it comes to magic in general. Like, he's fun to talk with. And, like, he just, that, like, that is his personality. He owns it, and he can back it up, which is the most important thing, right? You know, if, if he called shots that he's gonna, you know, sit at table one all night, he's gonna sit at table one all night. <laughs> so, the hilarious thing about me and him getting matched up against each other we don't really have normal games of magic. <laughs> we have games of magic where one of us is in like a pretty good position and we proceed to just take that whole game, we drop it, and just kick it across the field and see where it winds up. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we've had multiple instances where that has happened, where like literally one misplay costs you the entire game. But this one is my personal favorite because it was an intense matchup. I'm playing Infect, and he is playing Jund, which, for anyone who doesn't know, is an atrocious matchup for the Intri-Infect player. Like, he's, his deck is nothing but removal and discard and massive creatures that put on a really strong clock, and I'm trying to kill him with one once. <laughs> <laughs> so we shuffle up and as soon as this game starts I am full I am aware of the fact that I'm not going to this is not going to be a chip shot game I'm going to have to kill him in one big go right because like I I just don't have any like fast threats or anything so he's like you know plays a discard spell on turn 1 takes my blighted agent I believe and plays dark confidant on turn 2 and like I joke, I joke to him. I'm like, well, you know, what's gonna happen is that Dark Confidant's gonna reveal nothing but lands all game. And what? And he's like, yeah, probably. So he, uh, the first card he reveals is a land. And I'm like, and now you're gonna top, you're gonna top deck a lightning bolt, and he draws his card for the turn, and he bursts out laughing. He's like. <laughs> I know this is bad for me to do, but I just have to show it to you. He shows me he drew a lightning bolt for the turn. <laughs> I called shot at it. All right. And he takes one damage off that Dark Confidant the entire game. He, nothing but lands every single turn, except for the one time he reveals like a Thought Seize or something. And so I'm like trying to work myself into a position where I can just kill him in one shot, right? And he attacks me with a huge Tarmogoyf and knocks me down to, I think I'm at four. And he has like a five, six Tarmogoyf and a bunch of other stuff in play. And I'm like, all right, I have to go for it this turn. And he taps out to play something. I don't remember what, but I, I think he plays out more threats that will just make sure I'm dead the next turn if I have an answer for the Tarmogoyf. And I drop... He has three mana left open. No, he has four mana left open, sorry. And I know he has that lightning bolt. And that's all I know. 
So I'm like, I draw my card for the turn, and it's actually a Noble Hierarch, which gives me exactly enough mana to be able to cast all the spells I cast. And so I cast Noble Hierarch, and I, I animate my... Oh, I did, I did say I'm at four life, right? Mm-hmm. Very important. Uh, I have a mutagenic growth in my hand. <laughs> I need to cast it to win. I know he has a lightning bolt. <laughs> you see the problem here. <laughs> so, I animate my Ink Moth Nexus, and I go to pump it with Pendlehaven, which makes it into a 2-3. And he just looks at the board, and he's like, alright, lightning bolt it. Response. I cast... Um, some plus, I, this is still in my main phase, so I believe it's uh, Might of Old Krosa. Mm -hmm. He's like, alright, response to that, lightning bolted. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, already, I'm playing around him having a slaughter pact, a lightning bolt, and some two mana removal spell. And so I'm already in like, alright, crap, if he still has a slaughter pact, I'm dead. Because I, can, I can't stop him if he has four removal spells. I can only stop three. Sorry. There's a mosquito. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I can only stop three, alright? And I'm just like, alright. So. I'm like, I'm like, like my mind's buzzing. Like, alright, if he has a lot of back and damage, I have to go for it, right? So I cast uh, Binds of the Bastwood. And he... He stops and he's like, "All right, do you have the pump spells?" Or he, I cast vines of the vast food. He casts terminate, and I cast like another vines. And he's like, "All right, do you have the you have the pump spells?" And I show him that I have mutagenic growth, and then I have the other pump spell to get lethal. And he's just like, "All right," scoops up his cards. I got the win, and we're sitting there and we're shuffling up our sideboard. And, and after we're done sideboard, we're we're randomizing our decks, and he just looks down at the life pad. He just sticks his finger on it. It's like, were you seriously at four life? I'm like, yeah, I, I, I actually needed you to cast the lightning bolt so I could uh, I could cast mutagenic growth. Otherwise, I was dead. He's like, I cast two lightning bolt last turn. <laughs> I could have just like, and he just freaks out <laughs> when it like it dawns <laughs> on him that I was dead, like in his hand, double bolt gone. <laughs> and he's just like flipping out about it and it's like it puts him on tilt for the next game actually and i wind up beating him for game two and he's like he's not like a salty guy when he when he's like about this kind of stuff he's just like completely like off his rocker about it he actually drops because of it because he's he knows he's not going to be able to like not think about this the rest of the night so he's like, he shuffles up, fills up the slip, shakes my hand, gets up, grabs his backpack, pulls out his phone, dials number. As he's walking out the door, everyone in that room can hear him say, dude, you're not going to believe the punt I just made. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Like, it was absolutely great. Like, everything about it just... Like like I said, all all props to this guy as a magic player. Like he's great, but something about our games just destroy him. 
that's a mistake that a lot of other players, like a lot of other players, could have done that and then been super salty and like just terrible about it. Yeah, like the and the funny thing is, like after the fact, he's like sitting there shuffling himself. He's like, you know, besides not killing you when I had lethal, I think we both played that game about as good as we possibly could have. I'm like, yeah, the game was great. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Like that's that's owning it right there, and uh, mad props to him for it. He he hasn't played in a while because he got tired of winning. Like I'm not even joking. He literally said that to me. Like he showed up to see how everyone was doing one day. Like how come you don't play anymore? He's like, oh, it gets boring when you all you ever do is win. <laughs> uh. like, people think I have a bit of an ego. He takes it and just he he owns that, runs with it. It's glorious. I wish he'd play more. Uh, man. Such good, good times. <laughs> uh, this is this is why we play Magic. Yeah, I'm sure I've done something like that too. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I feel like you actually have. I just can't think of what it was. I'm sure I have. I was probably drafting Grey Ogres instead of playing the cards. <laughs> Kill Giant, not Grey Ogre. Oh, sorry. Get it right. Get good. So this is... Here's a little... This is... We did a shout-out to Manny. I'm gonna... Let's tell the story about... Quite literally how I met Manny. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Interestingly enough, I didn't meet Manny because me and him played, faced each other. I met Manny because I played against his son. <laughs> And I've told this story before, but I've never really gone into detail in it. But this is back in the day of me playing blue-black control. And Manny is playing... Or his son is playing green-red dragons. And... He gets paired up against me. I think it's like... he. I think he either won his round one, or he's like my round one opponent. Because we're sitting at table one. <laughs> and Manny... Manny'd been there for like one or two weeks already, and he kind of knew who I was. And like, he looks at his son, he looks at his son, looks at his pairings, and he's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Why? He's like, because you're probably going to lose. <laughs> Just starts it right from the get-go, all the faith. <laughs> <laughs> and so we go, we start playing. And I win game one. We go to game two. And we're... I'm, I'm doing my thing. He's doing his thing. And I just wind up in one of those insurmountable board position situations again. And I have... Like... I I have an Ashiok in play. And like just super high loyalty... I have like counter spells and removal spells in hand, and I have a Dragonlord Salamgar in my hand. And his son casts a um, Stormbreath Dragon. And I just look at it, resolves. Attacks my Ashiok down to. I want to say he only attacked it down to eight. His Ashiok is huge. And I'm like, alright, I untap, draw for my turn. And then I cast Dragonlord Salumgar. 
and I steal his um, Stormbreath Dragon. And one second here. I need to make sure this card it was the right one. Yeah! Then I proceed to tick down my Ashiok, and I put his Dragonlord Atarka into play on my side of the field, <laughs> killing his only other creature. So on my side of the field, we have an Ashiok at one loyalty, a Dragonlord Salumgar, a Dragonlord Atarka, and a Stormbreath Dragon. And I pass the turn. <laughs> and his son draws for the turn, looks at the field, he's like, alright, I'm dead. And he reaches across the table, he shakes my hand, and man, he walks over. And he looks at the field, he looks at me, he's like, thank you. I'm like, why? He's like, because A, you did not take it easy on my son at all. B, you absolutely destroyed him, and now he'll hate blue. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of great. That was my introduction but, to Manny. Like, <laughs> what is it about blue that makes it such a divisive color? I don't know. Like, the best part is, like, I was actually telling him that I thought he should play a deck like mine at the GP because I think it's well-matched against the decks that are good against red. Mm -hmm. And of course he's playing red instead, but he's like, I don't really want to play that because I'm not a fan of blue. I'm like, but it's not normal. Like, you know, this isn't like the blue style of control deck. You don't sit back holding up counter spells. You just kill everything and cast big, you know, strong creatures and stuff. And you know, it's like it's just something about blue. You either you appreciate it for what it is, or you absolutely hate it. Like, there's no in between. I feel like there isn't. Which, it's just hilarious. Like, I tend to be more on the, um, uh, Chapin end of the spectrum, where blue, all the other colors exist so that people can experience the color blue. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, so, while we're on the topic of Manny, let's, let's tell a story about Manny. Now... Th throw Manny under the bus episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, no, no. This is throw everyone under the bus episode. <laughs> so, Manny likes to play, you know, he likes to diverse his the decks he plays in Modern. He's, I'm pretty sure he's built Affinity. Maybe he hasn't. Uh, he was playing Malira Company for a while. This is back when I was still on Infect. And we're playing a game, and we go to time. And we're in turns at this point. And I'm basically... I'm, like, dead on the crackback, and I once, I once get him in one of those positions where I just need to kill him in one turn. And I have my Blighted Agent in play. Or, no, I have... I have an Inkwap Nexus. Because that's all I ever win with, apparently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And he has yet to play a Malyra. And for those who don't know, Malyra says players can't gain poison counters. Fun fact, if I activate Ink Moth Nexus... Oh, she also says creatures lose infect. So I can actually pump up an unblockable Blinded Agent and still deal lethal damage to my opponent. 
if I activate an Ink Moth Nexus with a Malyra in play, I it deals no damage. <laughs> because it gains infect after it loses infect from Malyra, but players can't gain poison counters. <laughs> and it can deal damage in the source of poison counters. Uh, hooray so, rules. Yeah. Hooray for layers. So we're we're going about our game, right? We're doing our thing, and like I'm like animate ink moth nexus. He's like, alright. I'm like, cast a pump spell on it. And he's like, response. Court of calling X equal three. And I'm I'm super confused, right? What's he doing? I don't like why is he courting for three? Is he like maybe he's trying to like psych me out, right? So like maybe he thinks I might have a counter spell and he thinks if he X equal three I'm not gonna counter it because you know, whatever. Like I just don't understand what he's doing. And I'm like, alright, resolves. And he picks up his deck and he's just sorting through it. Just oh, just so you guys know, you can cord and get something of less mana cost. Mm-hmm. So he he's looking through his deck. And like even at this point, like a spell sky doesn't kill me because I actually have a twisted image in my hand. So he's looking through his deck, and then he gets an Orzhov Pontiff. And it's around this time that we hear some banter coming across from the other side of the room, where an affinity mirror also went to time. And one of the players is explaining to the other one, "Well, if you had actually done this." You would have won. And the person's like, oh, I just punted the game away. And Manny finishes his Court of Calling, gets an Orzhov Pontiff. And enters the battlefield, and he's like, trigger. Like, alright, in response to the trigger pump spell, he's like, alright, you win. And I just look at him. Completely dead serious, just look him in the eyes. I'm like, man, he's like, what? He's like, why didn't you just get a Malyra? And he pauses for about two seconds and literally tosses his deck into the air. <laughs> <laughs> just whoosh. And then, like, deck in the air, hands into face, double face palming himself. <laughs> and. Everyone in the room just turns around and like, what? Like, wait, did he just make an even bigger punt than this table over here? And everyone just starts laughing, and Manny's just like, "Yep, that happened." (laughs) Yeah, that's um, that's 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 Manny. You appreciate story time so much. I figure I got to give you some story time, right? That's my dedication to Manny. <laughs> I will never. So when you say literally, like threw the deck in the air, like everything was all over, like it was, Well, his board state and graveyard were still in, were still on the field, but the deck he was holding as he was tutoring up his Orzhov Pontiff <laughs> was no longer on the table. <laughs> well, it was, but it wasn't in a deck anymore. <laughs> like it wasn't like you know all the way up in the air either. It was just like you know maybe face level. Just fit, fit. he was he was controlled in his card throwing. <laughs> uh, that was good times. 
Do you have um, uh, any more stories you want to share? Yeah, I've... This one was... This is in dedication to another friend. It's actually the friend that was the fog fog in Affinity. He said I should tell this story. Okay. It's his favorite story. Okay. And it's his favorite story because of who my opponent was. So... There is no universe where you are friends with every single person in your community. Alright? And there's some people who probably just annoy you. Whether it's because of their mannerisms, the kind of stuff they enjoy to do, or they enjoy doing. Like, they're, you're just not gonna like being around them, basically. And my opponent in this situation is one of those people. He always seems to be unnaturally lucky with stuff. And he plays poorly. But he wins more than he should for playing poorly. And it just kind of tilts some people, right? Like you. Yeah. <laughs> but he... He thinks he's a really good player. And he gets weird about cards that he loses to, where he thinks any card he loses to is amazing. Because he lost to it, it has to be amazing, right? So, we're playing at the Kaladesh pre-release, actually. And he's my round three opponent, I think. And he's playing some aggro deck. It's like red-black, I want to say. And he destroys me game one. Like... He has a fleet wheel cruiser, and he just completely runs me over. And, like, I I don't draw exceptionally well, and I just, you know, get destroyed. Like, he goes, like, turn four fleet wheel cruiser, and I'm dead on turn five. So we go to our, we go to the next game, and I, I win the next game, and we go to game three. All good stories end on game three, in case you're wondering. The best do. So... We're playing, and he knocks me down to two life. And I'm like, alright, this is an unfortunate circumstance to be in. But I do what I do. I do what I have to do to win. And I play a combustible gear hulk. And he just turns the card over, and he reads it. And he's just like, so wait, what happens? I'm like, alright, either you let me draw three cards, or I mill three cards, and you take damage equal to those three cards total converted mana cost. And at this point, I am empty-handed. He's at like 14 or something, I want to say. Like, he's at a pretty reasonable life total. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you can draw three cards. Okay, I draw my three cards. I'm just like in heaven at this point. He's letting me draw out of the fact that I'm probably dead. And I, I we play a few more turns, and I play out. I, you know, I, I'm every time he plays a new attacker, I play. I have, I have to draw a new blocker because he let me draw three cards. And he gets to a point where he's like, cast his fleet wheel cruiser, and. Fleet Recruiser is a 4-mana vehicle, 5-3, haste, trample, 
when it enters the battlefield, it crews itself. Okay. And he casts Bills to Smash on it, which gives it plus three, plus three, and Trample. And I, I've been playing this whole game knowing that he has Fleetwheel Cruiser. So I have not attacked with my Combustible Gear Hulk at any point. Because I know that's the only thing I have that's big enough to block and not die. So I'm like, block? He's like, alright, mine's a, mine's an 8 power trampler. And I I do like the reach over, tap my card, first strike. Because <laughs> my 6-6 six, six first strike kills his 8-6 trampler before I take any trample damage. If he stops, and he turns the Gear Hulk over again, he's like, okay. Picks up his picks up his Fleetwood Cruiser, puts it in the graveyard, and I win the next turn. And, like, the friend who wanted me to tell the story, he's been watching this whole time, and he's just like, he is unbelievably ecstatic that I won, because he likes watching this other person lose. And like, like he's like he literally laughed as I like as I reached over and tapped on my gear hulk and said first strike, because he thought it was absolutely hilarious watching this person lose, because they think they're so great. And I realize it's not that funny of a story for those listening. You kind of had to be there, but that's just another part of you know story equity. Is sometimes you just have a really you have a story that makes you feel really good about yourself. And that one is people who can't read cards. Yep. Alright, so one last story. And this story is more of a... Never concede the game if you have any chance at all of winning. Alright, so there is a... There was a deck a couple of standards ago. It was called Jun Delirium, and I loved this deck. Like, everything about this deck I absolutely adored. It was super grindy. It played multiple seasons or seasons past, and you just ground your opponent into the dust eventually. And everything about it was just like, there was so much play to it, and I just I really enjoyed it. And I'm playing the Black-Green Mirror. Or I'm playing, my opponent's playing Black Green Delirium versus my Jun Delirium, and we're very similar in how we play out. Just, I'm playing, I play fewer Emmercools, I play a little bit of extra spice like uh, Dragon Master Outcast and stuff. And my opponent Emmercools me, which, as a lot of people are probably aware of, Emmercool lets you mind slaver your opponent, and then they get an extra turn after that. And they stuck a Liliana earlier on, and it's been total. It's been taking up this whole time. So they have a Liliana, the last hope to ultimate. They have an Emrakul in play, and I'm just kind of dead, right? And I honestly concede after the Emrakul me, just because they do so much to just destroy what I'm able to do. But I'm like, well, let's just see what happens, right? So I untap, I draw, I believe a land for the turn. And I, the only thing I have in play is a Nissa. I believe it's the Sage Animist. 
Um, it's the 2-2 creature that flips over to a Planeswalker. That's the only Nista I haven't played. And she's, she's in Planeswalker form. He wasn't able to kill it. So I tick her up. And I draw a Liliana. I'm like, well, this doesn't particularly help me very much. So I play my Liliana. I play my own Liliana, and I tick that Liliana down, and I mill over another Nissa. And so I get her back since she's a creature at the time, and I replay it, and. I go, I get a land, except I don't actually have any lands left in my deck. <laughs> I play the land that I drew for the turn, which flips Nissa Vastwoodseer into Nissa Sage Animist. And I take up that Nissa, and I draw a To the Slaughter, which To the Slaughter is a three mana instant that says target player sacrifices a creature or a planeswalker. If you have Delirium, they sacrifice one of each. That is all my opponent has in play. <laughs> I proceed to cast said to the slaughter. My opponent loses their about to ultimate Liliana the Last Hope and their Emrakul that was about to kill me, and I suddenly have two planeswalkers in play again on my opponent's empty board. And I won that game. <laughs> That's why never give up, never surrender. Yep, you don't concede until you're dead because sometimes you literally draw the perfect. <laughs> I mean, like you basically would have had a tough time like winning that game, drawing anything else. I I needed to draw exactly to the slaughter. Yeah, and like it was just like the combination of planeswalker into planeswalker into planeswalker into draw the card I needed. It was just so perfect. Like, uh, it was great. Man, I miss that deck. I wish that deck was still good. Oh, well. I bet a lot of people don't. <laughs> I was the only person who played it, too. Like, it got, like... I think it got, like, ninth place at the Pro Tour when Green Black was running rampant. Mm -hmm. And someone played it at a GP... Like the week after the pro tour, because they like they're like they literally did an interview like yeah I saw it did well and like it's basically doing everything green black is doing it just has you know a slightly more powerful game plan and I'm like this deck is everything I want to be doing why wouldn't I want to play a deck that can just lose to its mana base but do a extremely powerful <laughs> thing that sounds like your thing and apparently it's my thing in standard it's all I ever do <laughs> yeah uh, okay times. well. We had we had some stories. It was a good time. Uh, next next Yuma. time, Fletcher needs to get some sorry equity of his own for his own episode. Yeah, I know. Apparently, I'm just less interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Such a do you have um, so, Do you have um, uh, anything else before we close up? I think that actually I will call it at this. There is there is already a lot of talking from me for this episode. Basically nothing right. with me talking, so. <laughs> okay. So if you, any of you want to send us feedback, you can shoot us an email at thelocalmeta at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at thelocalmetapc. So, all right. <laughs> I guess that's it for story time. I didn't do much talking. Nope. All well, right. So. To listen to your own voice while editing. Yeah, I know. This is going to be unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I guess we will catch you next time. <laughs> <laughs>